Great job, singers. Y'all hey, 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 Yep. Um, I'm trying to bring it. Come on, man. Bring it, bro. Bring it on. You can do it. Alright. So, uh, last week, Ariel and I weren't here. Uh, we were in Texas. Uh, so, one of my friends was getting married. Uh, my sister has a newborn baby, and she had a baby dedication for her baby. Wow. And while we were in Austin, Texas, uh, happened to be that Drake was also in Austin, Texas. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, he happened to be there. I grew, he's my favorite rapper growing up, and so I was like, Ariel and I, we went to see Drake. <laughs> and uh, pretty fun concert, but at the end, we were, it was kind of funny, because Drake, he was like, <laughs> he was trying to be like deep and stuff, and uh, so at the end of the concert, he's like, and let me leave you with this. And like, it was like a soft piano was playing. Was like, <laughs> Come on, Nathan, um, tell us. He's like, when you leave this concert tonight, he <laughs> said, when you leave this concert tonight, if you're eating something, make sure it's a good meal. If you're drinking something, make sure it's a good drink. If you're smoking something, make sure it's a good smoke. And remember, all the money in the world isn't worth it if at the end of the day, you're a scumbag. Yeah, we were like, wow, super deep. And, uh, and we're like, this guy, he's worth like $200 million. He's crazy wealthy, crazy successful. He's an expert communicator. He's like 38 years old, right? And that's the deepest thing that he can right. do. You have 18, 20,000 people in an arena. That's the deepest thing that you can leave with us. And so it reminded me of, <laughs> it reminded me of Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Come on. So on. let me try this out. Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 8 um, says, So I commend the enjoyment of life because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Wow. Then joy will accompany them in all their toil the day in their toil all the days of the life that God has given them under the sun. Amen. Wow. So to eat, drink, and be glad is the best that a human can do, right? <laughs> so how do we know that this verse isn't speaking to people who are in close relationship with God? Are you, you like, this isn't for someone who's talking with God on a daily basis. This isn't for someone who's been saved by grace through faith, right? This is for someone who's living according to their flesh. And if you think about Solomon, his flesh, he had done this, that's what Ecclesiastes is about, right? He's maxed out his flesh. He's maxed out the money, the women, the food, the drinks, everything. He's maxed everything out, and he's like, well, the best that it gets is a good Philly cheesesteak, right? <laughs> and so we know that this perspective is for someone who's like naturalistic, like living fleshly, because if we look at Solomon's dad, Solomon's dad said the complete opposite thing about life. Come on. So in Psalm 16, sweet, okay. David says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Come on. Ooh. Psalm 28, verse seven. 
says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy. And with my song, I praise him. Wow, come on. And then Psalm 30, verse 11 says, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Amen. Now, could you imagine the person who wrote these verses, David? Could you imagine at the end of his life if he was like, you know, doesn't get better than just a good glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine him saying that? There's no, he's, there's no way David would say that, right? It sounds ridiculous, actually. And so this shows us that with God, our potential for joy is limitless. Right? Our potential for having a good impact on the world is limitless. David, he talks about eternal pleasures. He talks about his heart leaping for joy, right? He talks about his heart being full. He talks about his heart singing. He talks about being covered with joy, right? And sadly, David's son, Solomon, had a joy that was limited by how good the the lamb chops were. Sadly, Drake, most successful rapper in the world right now, has a joy that's limited by how good the tequila was in Austin, Texas. So in this sermon, I want to look at what we have at our disposal is people who have been saved by Christ, people who are in relationship with God. What do we have at our disposal? And in the form of one another relationships in Christ, how we can completely eclipse the joy of these multimillionaires. So Colossians 3 verse 12 is going to be the uh, is going to be the verse for today. And that says, therefore, as God's chosen people, Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, there's these five things that he tells us to clothe ourselves with. Come on. And we're probably familiar with the scripture. So it's compassion. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, if if you, let's say you were like asking someone for advice, right? And they were like, well, you know what you need to do? You need to just completely cover yourself with compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience, and uh, humility. All right? All right. See you later. See you next week. <laughs> You'd be like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? These things don't come easy. I, I Okay, I'll just completely cover myself with all these things and I'll just, yeah, sure, I'll do that, right? And so that's how I always read the scripture, all, all the time. I've been like, okay, cool, but like, how do I do that? And I think the key is you got to start at the beginning of the sentence. Because at the beginning of the sentence, it says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Now, when you are chosen, it's going to be easy. When you know that you have been made holy, it's going to be easy. And when you know that you are dearly loved, right. it makes it way easier to show us that. Come on. So this week, Ariel and I were in Walmart. And you know that big wall in Walmart where they have the, the work shoes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a bunch of like cheap black shoes. And they're like, yeah. Um, and we were like, wow, that's like a lot of these. And some of them are kind of ugly. And so, Eric, yeah, we were like, what? Yeah, they're kind of. So, but it brought me back to when I was uh, in high school, when I was 16 years old, and I got my first job. 
And so it was a, a place called Pete's Harry's in Austin. And that's, in my opinion, it's the best burger in the world. <laughs> Jamal has had it. I don't know. He's making a face like he doesn't agree. But uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's the best I think it's the best burger. I worked there for two years. I, what, I'm biased. In and Out has nothing on it, in my opinion. Um, that's, that's a strict. <laughs> well, Anyways, uh, so I, I got a job at Pete's Harry's in Austin. And I remember it was my first interview, my first job. And so they, at the end of the interview, they give me a hat, they give me a shirt, and they give me some white pants and an apron. And they say, all right, so show up on Tuesday for your first day. All you got to do is go to Walmart and get some non-slip shoes. But you know what? I was so excited to go to Walmart and get those shoes. Yeah. Because it was my, it was my first job. It was my first job. I was like, Yes. And I had like $30, and I used my last $30 to go to Walmart, and I got some of these shoes, and when I got them, oh my goodness, they, they felt amazing, they were shiny, like, I, I wanted to wear them out, like, I was so excited. <laughs> and when I went to P. Terry's, and here's, this not me, but that's like what we, that's our outfit, right? You see the guy in the white shirt, white pants, and then everyone has the Walmart shoes on, right? So, and does my burger look better than in and out <laughs> Doesn't it? Not really okay. Well, I'm preaching, so. <laughs> okay, but yeah, so why was it easy for me to wear those black shoes? It's because I was chosen by P. Terry's. I felt dearly loved by P. Terry's. And I was like, absolutely, I'll dress like a milkman from the 30s. Yes, absolutely. It's easy for me to put on these silly looking shoes because I feel loved. I feel you've, made, you've given me clothes to wear. You've given me a job. You've given me a purpose. And you're going to pay me like $100 next week, right? I was so excited. And so in the same way, in our relationship with God, right, we should be thinking about that part, right? God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. So next in that verse, it says... Uh, how, uh, oh, where does it say? Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Think about how has God forgiven me? Okay, yeah, I should forgive. Right. And then verse 14, it says, Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Amen. So, how has God bound everything together in love with me? Many, many times, many, many ways. Right. And so when we think about that, it's easier to do these, to put these five things on. It might be on the next slide. I'm just going to go here. It's easy to put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. When we think about how God put on those Walmart shoes and compassion and had compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience with us. So what has God done for you? Come on. How has God forgiven you? How has God put on love for you? Next, verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Come on. Verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, and says, Members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Alright, so letting the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now, if you're walking around with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, you're probably gonna have a lot of peace outside. Right. Probably going to have really good relationships, really good friendships, probably good at your job if you have all those aspects. But how about in your heart? 
Mm-hmm. How about being having Christ in your heart? Um, so Oswald Chambers, uh, for my what's it called? My utmost for his highest. He has September twentieth. So my quiet time. Please wait. Uh, I thought this matched up so well in it embraces uh, peace of Christ. So it says. The true expression of Christian character is not in good doing, but in God likeness. Come on. If the spirit of God has transformed you within, you will exhibit divine characteristics in your life, not just good human characteristics. Wow. God's life in us expresses itself as God's life, not as human life trying to be godly. The secret of a Christian's life is that the supernatural becomes natural in him as a result of the grace of God. Yes. And the experience of this becomes evident in the practical, everyday details of life, right. not just in times of intimate fellowship with God. Come on. That is, I thought that nailed it. Yes, yes sir. Right? Yeah. So he says, it expresses itself as God's life in us, not just as a human trying to be godly. Mm-hmm. Right? He also says, the supernatural becomes natural. Mm. So is it normal for you to experience supernatural peace? Come on. Because it says it should be a natural thing. Yeah. Right? Where you can't explain it. Right? Like I prayed and then my whole day was different. Or someone came up to me, I was down in the dumps and then someone came up to me and shared a scripture with me or something. Wow. And it completely changed everything. Right? That's supernatural peace. He continues and he says we come in contact with things that create a confusion and a flurry of activity, and we have the power to stay wonderfully poised even in the center of it all. So this piece that he's talking about is it's more it's not just being like stoic and un you know hard hearted or hard headed, right? It's it's not just freezing, it's not just being numb. Like that's not peace. Right. right? This is a different kind of peace. Mm-hmm. Come on. And it's hard to find. And we, we often find our t- ourselves praying to God. This prayer, we'll be praying, God, please give me your spirit. Give me peace that only you can give me. Because I can't find peace in this plate of food. I can't find peace in this personal dating. I can't find peace in this pornography. I can't find peace in these drugs. I can't find peace in these funny TikToks and Instagrams and YouTube videos. I can't find peace in playing video games four or five hours a day. I can't find peace with a higher salary or a nicer car. And I can't find peace in pretending to have peace. Wow. Wow. God, my flesh can never bring my spirit peace. No, you can't, God. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Morning. So, <laughs> what does this have to do with one another? Wow. Right, that means having the peace of Christ in your heart. Well, when you have that, you want to share it with people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, the question we want to ask is what is the vehicle in which we can share God's peace with each other most effectively? So, verse 16, Colossians verse 16 says, let them, I think it's on the next slide. Cool. It says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father for you. All right, so I think this is, at first glance, this is kind of peculiar of a verse because teaching and admonishing, yeah, that makes sense. But it says through songs. 
Yes. And hymns and spiritual songs. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And so when was the last time someone was like, hey, I need to admonish you real quick? What are they saying in the scripture? Uh, but <laughs> music is so powerful. Yes, it is. It's so powerful. Yeah. And especially spiritual music that comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, so have you ever had a song like Bring You to Tears? Yeah. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, Ariel yesterday she was like, Today. <laughs> Today a song made me cry. Uh, have you ever had a song get you excited? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever had a song inspire you? Have you ever had a song depress you? Yeah. Mm. So what what is it about songs? What is it what is it about these things? Poetic language and you think about David plucking a harp and Saul the demon came out of Saul when he plucked the harp, right? Like what what in the world? Or you think about lullabying a baby, right? What what is it about? What is this? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it has to do with what Dave Piker said last week. Um, songs are transparent. Songs are, from an expression, from an outflow perspective, they're very transparent. Songs are also vulnerable. Mm. Songs invite you into the author's heart. Mm. Right? And when songs are spiritual, when songs are praising God or God's word, when they have God's word in them, they can reach our deepest thoughts and attitudes of our heart. Sure. One going even to soul and spirit, Johnson Merrill. That sounds familiar. So they say that every single human emotion is expressed in the book of Psalms. And it it really is. And that's because songs and psalms, and use them interchangeably, they give words to feelings that we have inside us that we don't know how to vocalize. So when we sing spiritual songs to God, it's almost like a prayer to God. And you're able to vocalize some things that you feel. Right to God in a way that maybe you wouldn't have said it. Right. It's your heart singing to God's heart. It's kind of like prayer. And so singing psalms is great and praying the psalms is great. Uh, Ariel and I, in our uh, 18 months of marriage, we can say that (laughs) something that has worked for us is uh, praying through psalms. Uh, We would pray through psalms. We need to be better at it. But uh, when we were dating, we prayed through all the psalms. And it's crazy how much it would change your emotional health that day. Wow. Right? <clears throat> and you just take a song and you go verse by verse and just give God commentary and you pray. Right? Um, so here are some, these are some songs that I really like and they express some certain emotions that I felt. Right? So Psalm 1, 23, 119, they help me with relying on God. Psalm 4 is when I'm down bad, when I need help. Uh, I memorized Psalm 4, actually, and it's like it's like literally a cry for God. It says, give me relief from my distress, God. So, yeah, Psalm 4 is a, a banger. Uh, Psalm 42, Psalm 77 are when you're going through sadness, when you're going through hard times. Psalm 51, repentance, shame, guilt. There's nothing in the Bible like Psalm 51 when it comes to repentance. Um, Psalm 73, when it comes to jealousy. Nothing like it, right? Psalm 100, 103, those are some of my favorites for gratitude. Psalm 25, I used to read that when I was in high school and I felt lonely. I'd read Psalm 25 in my, in my car. Uh, Psalm 56 and Psalm 62 are really good for security in God. Come on. Like, what can mere mortals do to me, right? 
and so, yeah, in the way that we pray these songs or if we're singing these spiritual songs, there's a lot of power in them. Um, we can connect our heart to God's heart um, in a way that enriches us a lot. So, brought this up here. This is, y'all remember burning when we'd burn CDs? Yeah. So, when I was in fourth grade, this kid named Gabriel Villegas, he burned this CD for me. It was a Lecrae CD. And this was my first Christian rap CD that I ever got. I was in fourth grade. And it's called Listening to Jesus Music. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put my top down and listened to Jesus. Anyway, so yeah. Anyway, so, okay, so when it comes to Christian music, uh, I, this is one of my biggest, biggest passions in life. Um, because Christian music saved it saved me. Christian wow. rap music saved me. Come on. As I mentioned, I'm a Drake fan. I'm a rap fan. So my friend was like, you like rap? We go to this church here, listen to some Christian rap. I was like, couldn't hurt. <laughs> so Christian rap, like, from when I was in fourth grade to now, uh, has helped me so much. And so these are some Christian rap songs, just Christian songs that have helped me through different times in my life. The one in the bottom left is uh, Social Club <laughs> Misfits. And so when I was in high school, I was like, I was a minority, I was one of the only black kids. Um, I was trying to be Christian and I just did not feel like I fit in at all. And Social Club, they made music for people who were Christian misfits, right? And so I used to play this so much. My friends would make fun of me, like, you listen to your misfit game stuff? I was like, yeah, dude. And it helped me so much when I was in high school. I would not be here if it was not for Social Club's goofy, and they were like 25 years old when they were making that music. When they were making that, like, oh my gosh. Okay, but um, they, a lot of these songs, the, this song right here is B. Cooper. He had a song called My Heart with John Gibbs. And uh, I would rap that song in my car going from either P. Terry's or high school when I was driving to the hospital to visit my mom when she was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it, I didn't know what I was feeling. When I was 17, 18 years old, and my mom was dying of cancer. I didn't know what I was feeling, but I knew that this rap song really connected to me. Yeah. And it was a way for me to worship God and pray to God and express these emotions that I didn't have words for. Mm. Um, there was a song in the top middle, uh, Shia Lin, he's like very preachy, but he ex- he explains Psalm 73 in a way that like completely changed the way I thought about heaven, completely changed the way I thought about life. Now They Know is song by 116, click. Uh, it completely, like, it helped me to be unashamed about my faith. Right? Yeah. Unashamed about the gospel. <laughs> Moving Fast by Montel Fish. I know some of us know Montel Fish, but that helped me when I moved here and I had a, a lot of imposter syndrome in my job. Um, and I would listen to that and I would have to, like, go take breaks and, like, pray because I was just so anxious about, man, these people are going to find out I'm not. <laughs> a rocket scientist. Um, <laughs> but you are. Now I am, yeah. And they haven't fired me. So. Amen. Yeah, amen. amen. Ariel said amen. Um, so that's like Christian music in the form that I love, rap music, has helped me internally, like spiritually, bar none, nothing, 
Nothing touched it. I remember the first time I went to a Christian rock concert, I came home and I was like, Dad, you know how people at church are like, oh, like when they worship God, like I feel like I just worship God for the first time, like with my whole heart. And he was like, oh, wow, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gonna finish your broccoli there? <laughs> It's, it's it's great for internally. It's great. Yeah. When it comes to outreach, I think Christian music, Christian art is also bar none. Like it does not. Other things do not compare. So when I went when I went home last week, my friends who do not go to church, do not read the Bible, do not like nothing. Right? They were like, Hey Nathan, I saw you posted the song you made. You made. Dude, your music is dope, bro. <laughs> like, thanks, dude. Thanks. Um, <laughs> the there's so many cool. So like, my sister, I, I, there's a song that I rap and I rap in Spanish a little bit in this song, and I sent it to my sister because I was like, is this? Did I say the right words in Spanish? And she's like, I think so, but let me share it with my friend who's from Mexico. And she shared it with her, and she's like, hey, this is kind of weird. Your friend, my friend, just started crying. Wow. Well, she said it was cool. She's like, wow. Uh, wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, she's like, I guess it's the Holy Spirit. I guess it is the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's cool. So here's another fun story about that. Um, there's a song I put on SoundCloud. I'm, I'm a SoundCloud rapper. I'm proud of it. But uh, there's this guy. He he messaged me. His his username was Lil Problem Six Six Six. Oh. That's his username. Okay. Uh, and he messaged me. He's like, bro, you absolutely killed this song, dude. This is art, dude. Oh, my gosh. Can I? And he asked me. Well, he, yeah. Um, and he asked me, he said, hey, can I get your acapella? Can you send me the acapella? I want to try to flip it and stuff. And I was like, you want the acapella to my Christian rap song? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. In that song, in that song, the lyrics are like, only God can heal me. Only God can save me. I'll never back. Like, wow. that song is unapologetically gospel. And this guy with the username 666 was like, hey, please, like, it's this was awesome. I, I want to flip it. I want to make a song. Wow. Wow. So with these people, I didn't have to, ha I didn't have to sit down and, like, have a hard conversation with them right. to share the gospel. I didn't have to, like, argue with them in the comment section and say, yo, Jesus is dead. <laughs> <laughs> They got to hear the gospel because it was in a form that they liked. Right. 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 Amen. And so they got to hear me talk about the eternal God. They got to hear me talk about their savior because it was just in, in rap music. Mm. And so I think, yeah, rap music or whether it's you talk about the guy who was an ACDC guy. Like the, the kids coming up, they're not listening to the songs in our hymn book. They're listening to Drake. They're listening to rap music. They're listening to pop music. They're listening to, and that music is so disgusting. Mm -hmm. you listen to it. We all know, super disgusting. And so, if we can create a Christian alternative to those things, those forms of art, yeah. then we can really, really make an impact. Right. 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 The Christian alternative to Lil Wayne saved me. Mm -hmm. It saved me. It's the reason why I'm standing here right now. With this, is this silly little? It's not silly. Like. Because that fourth grader shared a cool Christian rap song. It's the reason why I'm preaching today on September 10th, whatever it is. Yeah. So there is a, okay. Um, so Aretha Franklin has this uh, album 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Cool. One of the coolest album covers I think I've ever seen. And uh, so on track two, this pastor comes in and he's like talking about music. And I think he, this, I, I love what he says about music. So he says, you know, there's a unique advantage in preaching the gospel using the vehicle of song. For songs have the advantage of being packaged and wrapped in universal appeal. Songs are not limited by natural or human boundaries. The gospel through song is universally comfortable. For it is not hindered by local, state, or national boundaries. It's not hindered by racial, economic, political, or religious preferences. Songs are clogged with the ability or capacity to successfully and comfortably meet the challenge of the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and preach my gospel unto every creature. Mark 16. Come on. Songs are in a position to comfortably answer that challenge. And therefore, the gospel through song accepts the challenge and responds joyfully, praising the name of Jesus. Come on. So maybe you're not a singer. Maybe you're not a rapper. Right. But we all have gifts. We all have talents. Right. Maybe you play piano, guitar, cello. Maybe you doodle in your notebook. Maybe you... Make jewelry. Uh, maybe you. Uh, maybe you're into ACDC. I knew a guy who was into metal, like screamo, and he would share. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he would share like Christian screamo music to me. I was like, oh, no, not for me, but it's for you. You're here, right? Right. But if you can infuse the word of God, if you can infuse the gospel into your gift, into your talent, right, then you have the ability to package it. The most important message. Right, you have the ability to package the gospel in a way that is universally welcomed mm-hmm. and comfortable for people to take. Mm-hmm. Come on. So, what psalms, hymns, or Christian songs have helped you in your Christian walk? Mm-hmm. I encourage you to share them with people. Come on. Right. So, you remember in the beginning, the beginning of this sermon, I talked about Drake. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, and how he was trying to like encourage us, but he was kind of shallow. He didn't really have any spiritual substance about what he was encouraging us with. Um, so when we teach and admonish one another, when we talk to each other, we shouldn't be coming from the same place Drake is coming from. We shouldn't be using our meaty little brain when we are discipling each other and encouraging one another. We should, and I think the next one, this is my one and only point for today. It ain't enough scripture being shared right now. Come on. That's my that's my one and only my one point for today. It ain't enough scripture being shared. Alright. So if you were to take, think about this for a second. If you were to take all the conversations that you have in this building or with the people in this building, right? Take all of the conversations, every conversation was every word was a marble. And you had a big bowl of marbles. And of all those words. How much of those words are scripture? Mm. Big bowl. Mm. Wow. What percentage? Mm. Would it be a lot? Mm. How much would it be? Like Ariel and I we were talking like 10%? 10% maybe? Cool. How about in our discipling times? Mm. 10%? Mm. So what's the problem with that? The problem with that is that Colossians 3.16 says, let the message of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly. So if you had that big bowl, would it be rich with the message of Christ when we're talking to each other? Would it be richly? 
Why not? Because mm. what's in our head is not better than what's in the Bible. Wow. Come on. Can you imagine like the, the only time that you get to sit down with another person or the only time that someone gets to sit down with a person who's a disciple of Christ, right? They get one chance all week to sit down with someone who follows Christ, who has the dust of Christ sandals on their on their clothes, right? And they're talking about a TV show team. Wow. And they're talking about their dog. Come on. They're talking about some football player. Mm. Right? These things are not going to bring life to our brothers and sisters. Right? He says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Richly. Is it rich when you speak to each other? When we speak to each other, is it rich? Come on. So I want to challenge us to force yourself in your conversations with each other to share a scripture. Come on, come on. Every time you meet with someone, force yourself to share a scripture. And I also want you, if you're meeting with someone, force them to share a scripture with you. Wow. Right. It should. Well, it shouldn't be forceful, right? Sure. It shouldn't be like pulling teeth. Right. But think about like, have you ever had an example like where a scripture you thought was boring, you're like, I mean, I guess I'm reading like Job or whatever, and then you share it, and the person's like, whoa. Right, that boring scripture that you read this morning could really like it change someone's life. Uh-huh. It could completely alter someone's marriage. It could completely alter. It could resurrect their life. John six verse sixty eight. Let's go. And as we start thinking about communion, I want us to think about this scripture, where Simon Peter says. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. There's only one person who has the words of eternal life, and that is Jesus Christ. And we can put the words of eternal life, the only words, the only words that can bring life to somebody's spirit. We have a book full of them. And we can make songs with them. We can make art with them. We can put them in our conversations, right? We can share them with people. So, um, do we pass out the communion? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as we start thinking about communion, um, I want us to think about what saves us, what words save us. Mm -hmm. What is in the Psalms and the hymns and spiritual songs that saves us? (laughs) It is Jesus of Nazareth. It is Jesus the Messiah. And if we are not using these words of eternal life, if we're not singing these words of eternal life, mm. if we're not sharing the words of eternal life the way that we should, I pray that we will repent. Mm-hmm. That will, yeah, I mean, he, he loved that. But uh, yeah, so 